So Renea Bastianini won his second race of the year. And because of Mr. 93, no one cared. Welcome back to Motorsport 101. Sorry, Anaya, you had your fancy win last time out. <laughs> okay, guys, welcome to episode 354 of Motorsport 101. And this is our MotoGP episode on the Grand Prix of the Americas. The third now in our quadruple header series of, God, the, the wackiest weekend of motorsport we've had across the board. Um, so, yeah, this is part three. We've we've also had a change in the commentary box. We've, we, we've changed stints for this marathon. Uh Taking Cam's spot. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm taking RJ's spot, I should say. Cam, good to see you, buddy. Once again, I return for the first time. <laughs> I'm just doing dandy. Uh, you know, it's just amazing watching, uh, watching people fuck around and then find out and lose their entire career over it. Toxic nationalism is toxic, y'all. Def definitely. Never a good idea, that. And with me is again, as, as ever, is the man, the myth, the legend that is Ryan Eric King. Hello, sir. Yeah, I am glad to be here. Uh, oh, man, it was certainly uh, a Grand Prix of the Americas. <laughs> Say the least. Yeah, it was a Grand Prix, and it did happen in America. We can confirm. I, I thought we were going to have to spend this Grand Prix of the Americas without our president, but he returned and proved that he is, in fact, our rightful president. <laughs> so, so we're just going to call him, like, President Marquez from here on in going forward. You know, I'm going to get used to this, actually. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm completely cool with this. So when we go to Germany, do we call him Chancellor Marquez? <laughs> mm. that's, that's a title. I like that title. Mm. Better than yeah. the other one we could have used. Mmm, definitely. Uh, <laughs> in this episode, we'll be talking about MotoGP's Grand Prix in America's. Yes, Anaya Bastianini won in what was a fleet of Ducatis at the front of the field. I believe it was... A Red the, Sea. Yeah, the first time, I want to say, since 2005 in MotoGP that we had five of the same manufacturer at the front of the field. I think it was Honda that pulled this off last time round. Um, but yeah, we had... Five Ducatis at the front of the field. And, of course, the one on last year's bike won. Yes, because Ducati continues to not make a lick of sense whatsoever. We'll talk about that. But Bastianini's win was unfortunately overshadowed because Mark Marquez was back. Yes, he did get a last-minute flight to Austin. Yes, he was back. And, oh, my God, that bike's not working anymore. Wait, what do you mean he finished in sixth? <laughs> Huh? <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll explain how that happened. I'm talking about that performance. We'll try to at least. We'll, we'll try to. We got more Ducati because our 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 favorite journo, the Van Man, had a chat with Jack Miller that got a lot of people talking. Um, a very intriguing conversation, and yeah, silly season is back, and it could be back early. We'll have to wait and see, and we'll talk about anything else and everything else. Cool. That was a that was about Coda this weekend. It was a very very fun weekend in, in general. Actually, all three races were were banged. It's just a shame that there was so much going on. It kind of got overshadowed a little bit. But hey, that's what we're here for. So 
All of that coming up very, very soon. But here's the places you can find us real quick. Where you can find us at youtube.com forward slash motorsport101. We're on facebook.com forward slash motorsport101. We're on Twitter at motorsport underscore 101. If you have to follow our personal handles, you can at harrison101hd, at Ryan Eric King, and at cbuckley917. Just yank out the vowels, you'll be fine. Um, you can also follow us on Instagram, Motorsport101Pod, our website for all of these episodes, as well as some extra written content by me regarding all these races as well, um, on Motorsport101.com, our website. And if you really, really like us, you can back us financially on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Motorsport101. Check us out on there. But without further ado, let's get into MotoGP's Grand Prix of the Americas. So, for the first time... In 15 years, Ducati won a race on American soil. You've got to go back to Casey Stoner. Back when we used to race at Laguna Seca for the last time, we had a Ducati win uh, on US soil. And wowee, Enea Bastianini comes through the field, uh, takes Jack Miller's lunch money with about five laps to go, breaks the all-time lap record in the process twice over the course of that race. And whew, ends up dominating pretty much. Miller just fading away at the end. We had our, we had Miller become our tenth different podium sitter of the season as well, which is still crazy to even consider with four rounds in and we got ten different guys on the podium already. So with that, Anea also takes the championship lead as well. Remember that? Remember, remember that whole race like a whole week ago, guys, when Alicia Spagro was leading the world title? Never happened, did it? It was it was all a fever dream. Like, it, it, no, no way because he's still there, and for most of this race, in fact, he was still leading the championship. Ryan said he wasn't. It was, it was it was all a fever dream. But with this in mind, now with two wins under his belt, how much did it surprise you, fellas? And, well, do you think this is the start of a genuine title campaign for the Beast? I'd love to know. Well, I mean, they won, right? I, I mean, that's got to be Ducati's mentality here because you could kind of figure with how Co- the nature of Coda, how physical it is, how much it tends to wear out tires. Bastianini's exceptional tire management was always going to come into play. But he's on the year-old bike. Yeah. And he's kicking the ass of everyone on all the newer bikes. As you said, Dre, he uh, he caught up to Jack Miller, who uh, you know, death taxes. Jack Miller blows his rear tire off by the end of the race. <laughs> Again. Caught him and dropped him. It's it's a strange. Like it, honestly, if you wanted a visual metaphor for Ducati's current situation, this race might have been like the perfect example of it's all where. From a constructor standpoint, this has been brilliant for Ducati in the sense that they've not had a bike off the podium in all four races we've had so far. So from a manufacturer standpoint, they're golden. Someone is performing every week. That's a plus. But at the same time, we've said it before, this this could not have been plan A. Like, you could make a serious argument with Valentino Rossi's team coming in. This Grassini was the fourth in line for the Ducati customer teams, right? Because I'd have thought there'd be a bit more hype behind Rossi's brand new team coming in with his extended family uh, riding for him. And yet it's been Bastianini on last year's bike that's made a complete mockery of the field. And 
it goes to show you that even with all the development that everybody else has made, last year's GP21 is still making all the headway. This race was 18 seconds faster than last year's race at Kota. 18 seconds. And this was with most of the track being resurfaced after last year in the bumps from hell. I mean, this this is ridiculous. None of this makes any sense. And yet, here we are. Bastini leads World Championship. He beat the man on whatever Ducati are calling this 21-22 this hybrid. And Zarco had even worse tire concerns on the 22 bike. Martin faded out a little bit towards the end, but was just off the podium. I mean, King, what are you making of all of this? Because this is just wild. Yeah, where it's it seems like Ducati has their best chance in, well, recent memory for them to win a championship. But it's not either of the factory bikes due to everything that you explained before. And it's... I I don't know how do you handle this from the factory standpoint where it's like, yeah, technically we're in the title fight, but it's the teams that we supplied, not us. I would say it's not the factory team, it's not the B team, and it's not even their top choice for privateer. <laughs> it's just... It's, it's like, on a, on a scale of 1 to 10, how embarrassing is this for Ducati then? Because it's like, well, we're winning, but we're not really winning. Like, like it's, it's, it's Schrodinger's MotoGP title. It's like, we don't know if, if, if they're winning or they're not winning until they open the box and find out, oh, wait, it's an A's bike. Shit, this wasn't the plan. Um, yeah, <laughs> like, honestly, if it wasn't for, like, most of these race weekends, it's either, you know... Pecco or Jack near the front of the field, so it's not that embarrassing as it could have been. No. You say that, no. King, but for most of the race, for most of the weekend, Pecco was worst of this set of Ducatis. Yeah. Yeah. He was, it's, he only, he was the only one of the only one of the five, well, only one of the six not in that top five in qualifying. Mm. And he said after the race that fifth was the maximum result he could pull out of the table. He said he had nothing more to give out of himself or the bike that weekend, and he was a distant fifth. Um, he's your headlining rider. He's the guy you've tied down. He was the guy that was favorite for the World Championship going into this season, and Banyaya still hasn't even had a podium finish this year yet. It's like we've had ten different podium sitters. Ne- like over- Nearly half the field has sat on a podium so far this season. And the two championship favorites are neither of them. Like, and we'll get to the reason why on the other one in a minute. But this is just so weird. Like, the, all all signs to me point this towards this being a legitimate title run. I mean, he's got and all actually, the tools. Let me <laughs> let me correct myself. Um, mm. Pekka was in the top five in qualifying. Uh, mistook him for another Ducati rider who is a certain a certain Italian half brother. Uh, oh, he, uh, he, he he got confused for the half brother again, didn't you, King? It's understandable. <laughs> it happens. I mean, who 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 out here doesn't know that he might be Valentino Rossi's half brother? It's never mentioned. Um, but no, I mean. <laughs> All signs to me pointing this towards this being a genuine title run. I mean, they, they, it ticks every box. I mean, does he have outright pace? Yes. Can he qualify well? 
Yes. Can he manage his tyres well in races and manage his pace? Excellently. As He's this arguably race the group. only one on a Ducati currently who can, because that's yeah. been kind of the Achilles heel for the Ducati forever, is that it puts so much load through its tires that by the end of the race, they don't really have a lot to fight with. And the yeah. last person yeah. who could really mitigate that was, of course, uh, Andrea De Vizioso. Mm. And Bobby was, a, was an outstanding rider. Yeah, it ticks every box. And if, if he's got tire management down, which no one else can, on a Ducati, which let's not forget, is a third of the field. If no one else can do that, that's a huge ace in the hole for this young man. And yeah, the, why not? The way this season's played out so far, the way that we, I still i am not 100% sure who the best team is at the moment or you know who really is at the front of the field consistently because it's just been so consistently inconsistent that... Why not believe that Anaya can win the title? I don't see any reason why he couldn't, the way the field's playing out right now. I mean, what do you reckon, Cam? Because, uh, I mean, one weekend, our title contender finishes first, and the next, they finish 10th, and then back and forth. Mm. It's still a fight at the top between Anaya and Alicia Spargaro, who had, by all accounts, kind of a crap weekend on the Aprilia. Yeah, yeah. Just barely made the top 10. It's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a little bit all over the place. It's still a little bit funky. Um, but right now, it's, like, I, I get the feeling that the GP21 is the best of the three sorts of the three differing Desmond Deshies at the moment. I, it feels like Bastianini is the one that is the most solid, the one I've got the least amount of question marks about at the moment, which is a weird thing to say when you look at the fleet of riders that they have. So the only thing he's really missing at this point is qualifying pace, but he makes up for it for having such exceptional late race pace Yeah, that he he, kind of mitigates that problem. Yeah, not so great in the rain yet either, but you know, you get two of those a year. It's not the end of the world if you're not the best with a rider in in current day MotoGP. So, I mean, yeah, it takes every box. I mean, what did you like me? Hey, what do you think of it all? Do, 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 are you believing in Anaya, the world champion hype train? Uh, I, I I need a month or two to, to really... <laughs> I said, no, I'm not going to sit here. Yeah, gonna... I'm not going to stand here and say, oh yeah, he's going to win the world championship, but there's no reason to think that if he, that he can't continue this form. Mm. And if others... Yeah, like we, we like we saw with Mir a couple of years ago. If other people don't want to win the title, I'm sure he'd be more than happy to take it off their hands. Yeah, absolutely. I think this year, Suzuki are trying real hard. That's why I don't want to go all in on the yeah. Ducatis quite yet. Say, Rins, <laughs> Rins was the definition of giving her all she's got, Captain. Oh, Rins, um, real. Rins, like, he's like, really tried. Like leaning forward on his bike in a straight line, like come on, just don't, <laughs> don't pass me. How many times did he dive somebody at the turn eleven hairpin? Like half and a dozen, get, and then get <laughs> destroyed in a straight line because he was the <laughs> only guy who was giving the ducks anything to think about. Yeah, and, well, yeah. L- looking through the results so far this season, only two riders in the entire season so far have had two podiums through the first four races. Anea and Alex Renz. Now, who would exactly have guessed as that the form in March? Predicted. <laughs> if, if you guessed that in March, I want your lottery numbers. 
Um, you're clearly psychic. Um, there was, there was the way we were trashing Rins last year, and you know we thought an AO was good. We didn't know it was going to be this good this year. Jesus. Um, so yeah, good luck trying to make sense of that one and work that all out. So yeah, Anaya Bastianini, world championship leader again. My God, maybe Qatar wasn't a fluke after all. Meanwhile, um, shock horror. Meanwhile, sat- meanwhile, what's that? Is that the only thing they fear is you blasting over Texas? Like, why do I hear boss music? Um, it's, it's, which is weird because it got further away. Because if you sat down and watched the start of this race, you probably spotted a bright orange and, well, red, white, and blue speck because Marquez loves his American merch. Um, like, we saw a, a bright orange speck move towards the back of the field quite quickly because Mar Marquez's Honda did not work properly. Um, alarms, warning lights all over. Mark IV, F it. I'm going to start the bike anyway and see what happens. Bogs down massively on the start, is stone dead last going through turn one by a couple of seconds. Um, 20 laps later, he's coming across the line, physically exhausted, but in sixth place. <laughs> we, we, we had, had such s- a normal one. Yeah. Listeners of the show. Um, yeesh. Yeesh. Yeah. Yeah, this was this was ridiculous. Even by Mark Marquez standards, which are already obscene, if you've been watching him for the last ten years, like we have, and beyond. If you talk about the junior classes as well, he went from twenty fourth to sixth. He passed fourteen bikes along the way. He finished six point six seconds off the win. The last man he beat over the line, the reigning world champion Fabio Quattararo. I mean. Gentlemen, what did Normal. you make of all of that? What did, what did you make of all of this? Because this this was just this was box office. Um, oh, man. when Mark Marquez is healthy, he is the best motorcycle rider on planet Earth. Yeah, if, I, if he didn't have the mechanic, and, and his bike was still having problems in the race, um, his clutch basically just didn't engage off the line, and then. Appears it still had issues throughout. Um, he at one point had broken the outright lap record before the exhaustion finally got to him, and uh, Inea took it back. What the hell? <laughs> None of what, this. what do you say to this? I just, I was speechless. It was. You you know how box office the man is, and I'm thinking notice it too many are watching this live. We had the onboard camera of Mark Marquez on the side of the timing tower for pretty much the first 15 out of the 20 laps of this race. Like they knew, Dorna knew we were watching something special here. <laughs> we had Marquez cam. It was it was it was like we paid extra for the privilege. It was <laughs> it's he he went into turn one on lap one with a gap up to everyone ahead of him. And he just tore through the uh, up to he up till he got to his teammate Paul. Uh, I think he was running about eleventh at the time. Yeah. He was picking him off he, he was picking off two, three riders per lap for a couple of laps. Yeah, like as Jason points out in our chat quite kindly. 
He was 18th at the end of lap one. He'd already passed five bikes, six bikes, but by the end of the first lap. Um, oh my god! This, this, this is just obscene. I mean, King, have you got any sort of superlatives left for this man? No, I did like one of the the comments on my Chalafnik, uh report mm. for the race, where someone in the comments is like, "Damn." This was amazing to watch because normally every year he just starts near the front and checks out. It's like, what do you mean he's going to Yeah, you want an exciting got, race out of Mark. Make, make him start last. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, like, it's like the King of the Mountain Challenge in British Superbike. So have, have a guy start off in the back and win 50 grand if he wins it. It's like, oh, okay. Um,. It's so true that because he has dominated pretty uh, pretty much every other American performance he's had here, and this time he had to work for. He had to actually see what Marquez could do at something near a hundred percent of his power. And uh, wow, uh, Matt Oxley worked um, from most Oxley worked. Well, out the thing that, is that he wasn't mm. because between the mm. he had the issue with his bike and clearly is not in full racing stint uh, shape because no. He's basically been like he really just hasn't had a lot of time on this bike. That's what he did hamstrung by issues. So far from hundred percent, not physically fit, had to rest because of the double vision that went into this race. Bike wasn't working properly, and Matt Oxley from Motorsport Magazine worked out that he only lost. 2.2 seconds to the race winner Renea Bastianini, despite having to pass 14 bikes. What more can you say okay. about this man that hasn't already been said? He's a cheat code. This is ridiculous. He, he is obscene. Like, I, this might be the most ridiculous thing I've watched in motorsport this year. Well, I know it's early days. I know we're only in the middle of April, but this will take some doing. Um, it's it's one of those. It's like we got a curiosity box of Marquez's dominance in America fulfilled. Like we got to see just how good he was because this was a completely freak scenario. And look what he did. He he made a huge statement and. This will only give him confidence for the rest of the season, knowing that, hey, this was far from an optimal scenario, and look how fast you were. <laughs> like, this was this was ridiculous. Utterly, utterly ridiculous. And I don't care what you tell me, this sport is a better sport when Mark Marquez is in it and fit and healthy. Because if you weren't captivated by that, then I don't think you're a motorsport fan. Because that was just sensational stuff to watch and I said I'm glad Dorna gave it the full respect it deserved I can only echo some of King's sentiments as well it's a damn shame that that Honda didn't work properly because I think he would have been I would have loved to have seen the Marquez Bastianini fight for the win that would have been fascinating to watch if we if we'd gotten those two at the front Hey, the way that NA is riding that, we might get that fight at some point this year if, if it's anything like Banyaira at Aragon last year then whoo <laughs> it's going to be hot. It's going to be hot. But uh, speaking of Ducati, <laughs> we're going back in the well again here, folks, because there's never a dull moment in this factory. Like if we were if we were evaluating drama on a MotoGP scale, um, like Ducati would have won about four Oscars by now. 
So there was an interview that uh, Jack Miller had with Simon Patterson over at the race, and I thought one paragraph of a quote was very intriguing here. Um, it was regarding his future because Jack's openly said, look, I'm a free agent at the end of the season. You know, we'll have to wait and see what happens. And Simon pushed him for an answer regarding um, regarding potentially a, quote, demotion to the Pramac team where he started a couple, um, two or three years ago. Um, and Jack's response was, quote, I wouldn't care. As you can tell, all the bikes are good. They're fantastic, and I know for a fact they've got the same equipment as me. It doesn't bother me. As long as I'm in MotoGP, getting to live my dream, then that's the main thing. Now, it's the first time I've seen that possibility explored. I must admit I was thinking it to a degree, but now it's out there in the open. If you're in charge of Ducati right now, if you're if you're Luigi Delinia at the moment, how do you manage this bucket load of talent that Ducati has got right now? And would you move Jack Miller aside if it came down to it? I would love your opinions on this, fellas. I'm fascinated by this one. There's a there's a lot going on here. Uh, I mean, that says it all to me, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, look, the, the the fundamental issue with Jack Miller at this point is that he's the same rider who he was when he came to Ducati. And he's the same rider he was before he came to Ducati. Mm. He has plenty of raw speed, very talented in bike-to-bike uh, -bike combat, but he just keeps killing his tires. He and, does. It's a problem. And, I mean... Beyond that point, I mean, because they, I mean, Zarco melted his tires during the race as well. I mean, even worse. If I do Cody, I probably am looking at the fact that I'm getting my ass kicked by the equipment I just threw out and handed to arguably my fourth string option before I start looking at my rider lineup. Yeah, that's fair to say. That's fair to say. But honestly, I looked at that statement and I thought. This sounds like one of those UFC fighters that has won a fight and then he goes to, to Joe Rogan on the microphone and he says, I'll fight anyone the UFC puts in front of me, which we all know is the wrong thing to say. Because it's like you want to be the company guy, but at the same time, it's like they like it when you call people out. That's what I feel like Jack Miller was coming out with this statement here. It sounded like a man who knows his goose might be cooked. Like... Is that fair to say, King? Have I got this wrong? Because it, it feels like it, it feels like a guy that's partially deflated. Yeah, because albeit he's had a decent year so far, uh, like got his first podium this past weekend, but when when you're literally being beaten by the satellite machinery it's uh not good if you're either of the factory riders right now if you're any if you're either ducati rider on the factory team or premac which basically might as well be factory ducati 2 by this point pretty much it's yeah, you, you can't afford to lose to the guy in last year's bite. And look, this was 
genuinely, I thought this was Miller's best race since he won in Jerez last year. Like, this was, like, this was, for Miller's standards, a really good ride. Like, I'm not, I'm not taking much away from it, because, like, in a vacuum, like, a top three finish with this bike, we all know it's not an ideal bike at the moment, right? We've been talking about it all season long, because it's so fascinating. Like, this was a good result for Miller. It was a really good result. He's beating his teammate on the same gear. He's beaten Martin, who was but come closer to win to winning a race than anybody else in Ducati has this year, not named an Ayer. And yet, <laughs> and yet, because he's been beaten by an Ayer, it almost seems like it almost seems like it was a negative in the grand scheme, which just goes to show you how weird this Ducati situation is. And the way I see it, I think the easiest way out of this is maybe you see Zarco as the expendable piece. I don't know. Like I, Zarko was really good halfway through last season, and then this season completely tanked off of that. Maybe he's the expendable piece. Maybe you tell an A look, we'll put you on the Pramax. We'll put you on the Pramac instead. You know, it's it, it's it's you know up to the up to up to date machinery. You know that that could be a plus. You know, or maybe you swap him. I don't want to take that up to date machinery. Right, the old machinery is doing the job right now. Yeah, it could be like Miguel Oliveira when Zarco quit KTM, uh, and and Miguel was like, you can, "You can have the factory bike now if you want." And Miguel was like, "I like my crew here, so I'll, I'll wait." You know, it, it could be like that. Who knows? But could you see a swap happening, Cam? Maybe you swap him. Maybe you swap Martin for Miller. Could that work? I think would, that's would probably Martin the most it? likely. Uh, I, I hmm. think Martin for Miller is probably the most likely. But I mean. Even with Martin's one lap speed, and man, he is probably the fastest rider over one lap right now. Oh, yeah. He's a um, monster. He's a monster over one lap, but he, even he's a bit limited as far as tire. I mean, look what happened uh, race before this one uh, with a fight with Espargaro. Um, mm. I, I just. I feel like the logical choice right now, and granted, pretty small sample size. We're three. We're, we're only a couple rounds into the season, right? Right. But Four in. I would want to put Anea on the factory bike, but I don't think they would jump him all the way from arguably the fourth string Ducati team all the way to the factory. And given the state of his equipment right now, that might be a hmm. step backwards for him. <laughs> it's weird. It's all. It's it's like a it's like it's this promotion. Sport is weird. <laughs> It's promotion via demotion. It's really weird. It's like, oh, Anaya, here's the factory seat you always wanted. Um, you, I'm not sure I want this. Nah, I'm <laughs> it's like, good. It's like you'd have to back the hope that Ducati would find a way out of this next year because, I mean, we know they're locked into this this engine setup now for the rest of the season. They can only try and maybe work the electronics to maybe figure something out or use their front shapeshifter in some way, but you've got that. You've Which is got... banned for next year anyway. Yeah, banned for next year anyway. They're still developing it. They're still working on it right now, but it will be banned next year. Um, MotoGP going above all the other factories' heads to force that ban through, which is spicy in its own right. Um, God. I'm just sitting here thinking the we we have a Ducati leading the championship. We have them leading um leading the constructors, correct me mm. if I'm wrong. Yes, they are. 
And we just had them commit a one, two, three, four, five sweep in qualifying. Mm. And we're sitting here asking, what about this team is good? <laughs> it's so strange. It is all just utterly ridiculous that, that we're even talking and having these conversations. I know it's early days still. Like it's it's really it is, and the fan chaser point out they have they have a twenty seven point lead. They have a race in hand on, on, on the manufacturers championship right now because KTM is second, which is crazy in its own right. That KTM is second on fifty nine <laughs> points right now. It were woeful in no, America. Uh, the most normal of sports. Yeah, and. We don't, honestly, I genuinely don't know what the best course of action is Ducati here. Because I honestly think if they don't bump up at least one of these two riders next year, somebody else is going to go in for them. Like, oh, absolutely. Honda, Honda are openly shopping their second seat. They've, they're, they're apparently sniffing in Fabio Quadraro's direction, right? Mir has opened and said he, he wants to test the open market. Like, I don't think we're going to get a crazy, silly season. But it would only take one domino to fall for all hell to break loose. That's it's re it's a really strange scenario right now. Benea Bastianini is the number two free agent on the board next year. Right now, behind probably behind Fabio, and that's probably it because Fabio is a proven winner. Like this is how wild this situation is. Like we just don't know, and it, it's still a bit early, I think, to make grand calls like this. I, mean, I, I would like to m maybe get to maybe Mugello. That's normally where a lot of these bigger moves start to get announced. But... Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. I mean... Okay, before we move on real quick, King, how would you play it? Like, if, if you're telling you, what would you be thinking? Because... Help us out here, because honestly, I've got a headache just thinking about it. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It's to me, it's still way too early. We're only four races in. You're right, but the problem is, MotoGP season happens really quickly. Like it, it's normally like a, like before the summer break, we know most of next year's grid already. So it's like like we're not even halfway to the summer break yet. Yeah. yeah, it's like I don't like. You're right. By by all conventional logic, you are absolutely right. We really should wait another four rounds. But this is just not how MotoGP works. <laughs> so it's really annoying. We're having these total conversations already. It's wild. Uh, good luck, Jack. You you may need it because uh, it's 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 a it's a minefield out there at the moment. I mean, oops, before before we get out of here, folks. I mean, what else left off the page to you this weekend, Dakota? Because uh, there was a lot to talk about here. <laughs> Because I don't know about you, but for me, like getting to see Rins up the front again was pretty neat. Like Rins was really, really strong this weekend in in general. And um, on a side note, not to get too unmotorsporty for a second here, great to see the gesture of him um, riding the Ukrainian flag back to the back to pit lane as well. Because real talk, uh, Dorna and its most generic "United for Peace" message. That it's been playing all season long, I didn't think was particularly great. Um, seemed like they were very scared to put a statement out there or anything like those. So to see Rins do that was 
a nice touch. Shout out to them and the Coca Marshals. That was pretty cool. Oh, and I've got to talk about the juniors one second as well. Jake Dixon on the podium in Moto Two. That was great to see. It's um, about damn time. It is about it is about damn time because the kid's always been really quick in Moto Two. So I'm glad he finally got a podium to show for it because it was a it was a chaotic Moto Two race with the amount of attrition going on. Vietti and Canet both been in it from the lead, um, respectively. Uh, a hometown hero, Cambobi, a crashing on the final sector of the final lap when he was running fourth as well. Oh. Oh, I felt bad for him on that one. But, yeah, great to see Dixon on the podium. And, yeah, if, if you haven't, I highly recommend going out of your way to check out the interview he did with BT Sport last week from Argentina, where he talks a lot about his mental health, his struggles, his wife and her, her long term battle with cancer and the support that she's been. For a MotoGP interview, we don't get a lot of these sorts of personality-driven sort of interviews very often within this sport. Um, it's well worth 10 minutes of your time. Um, I would highly recommend going out of your way to see it. He's, a, he's one of the most disgustingly likable people I have ever seen in bike racing. And it's very easy to be cynical about this because he's British. And our own um, on BT Sport are horrendously biased that way to the point where it's almost off-putting. So to have Dixon out there like that was was awesome. It was was great to see. Um, all that one. Um, Dan, what you got, man? <laughs> um, can't agree with you. Renz being up there, really the only person to give the Ducatis any trouble in uh, Marquez's yeah. absence. Um, just dunk Jack through the floor, frankly, on the final lap to uh, snatch <laughs> P2 right at the end. Mm. Spare a thought for Mr. Quadraro on that. No good. Very bad. Terrible. Uh, M1. <laughs> Dude was dragging everything out of it. He was block passing, he was hip checking, and he got seventh. I've, I've never seen Fabio ride that aggressively. It, it, that's, that's how wild that was, where it was like he was block passing in the state complex, he was doing ruthless up and under moves just to keep his nose in front, and that was to finish seventh. <laughs> He is. So I mean, he got in Mark's toe, and like, t- t- don't get me wrong. The Honda, it, it, the Honda's pretty good in a straight line, but it's not. Yeah. It's not the Ducati. Mm. Um, Fabio, while tucked up in his toe, got drag raced. <laughs> Still slower than Mark in a straight line, despite the toe. That Yamaha is just fundamentally boned on tracks like Kota. It's just not fast enough. It is actually just kind of brutal to watch in real time because it, that Marquez Quadraro fight was basically for me the definition of the two best riders in the world beyond their equipment like because we know their equipment is fundamentally flawed we know it's got problems and yet these two were just ringing well, them I mean, for every look at it like this like Mark had the pace but like Mark uh, Mark by that point of the race was completely exhausted he's not in full race distance shape um, no. and I can't imagine having to pass 14 bikes will have done his tires any good. And Fabio no. couldn't do anything with him. Anytime, anything that he threw at Mark, Mark threw right back, be, mainly due to the straight line speed advantage he had. Hmm. Crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. Whew. And, uh, that's to say nothing of Franco, who, uh, 
Rough time for him, man. I'm very worried at this point that that injury last year mm. has, has permanently uh, taken a, away the real Franco Morbidelli, and that makes me very sad. It does, yeah, yeah. But he's not been the same since the surgery on that knee. It's 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 a bummer. He's he's way better than what he is right now. I hope they can figure it out for him because uh, he has not been good over there at the moment. Whew. MotoGP will be back in two weeks' time at Portimao. And I'm, I am excited for this. I do love Portimao. I'm so glad that Dorna has kept it on the calendar permanently because it's such a great racetrack. It suits bike racing down to the ground. Love it. So, yeah, Portimao in a couple of weeks' time. Going to be fun. Definitely keep an eye on that one coming up soon. But places you can find us one more time real quick. We're on YouTube.com forward slash Motorsport 101. Facebook at the exact same URL. You're Twitter at Motorsport underscore 101. Personal handles at Harrison101HD. At Ryan Eric King. At CBucky917. Instagram, Motorsport 101 pod. And our website for all those details and more. Motorsport101.com. Um, and our Patreon page is on there too. Patreon.com forward slash Motorsport 101. If you want to back us on there financially and help us out, that'd be real cool. So, free down, one to go. Formula E in Rome next, and uh, yeah, prepare for the for the invasion of the New Zealander. It's well worth your time. That's coming up next. And so, but until then, I've been Dre Harrison. They've been Ryan Eric King and Cam Buckley. And until then, sayonara. Bye. <laughs> Wait. So how many home rounds is it for him now? Fourteen. Uh, 15, something like that. <laughs>